Hey there, friends and family. Welcome to episode 15 of the Libertarian Podcast. We got a little change up for you today. Uh, we'll mix it up uh, a little something different. Uh, Reed Coverdale's the guest, Naturalist Capitalist, or Liberty Uniter, as some of you may know. Um, by the way, it was a little bit of a joke, me saying we're mixing it up because, Reed, you are definitely my most frequent guest, and I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> but it's always fun coming on and same with uh, you coming on my show it's a good uh, good fellowship we've got going to use a absolutely man I, I i definitely enjoy it i mean we've uh we've kind of talked about it here and there but we definitely need to you know you know set, set something up for whenever we you know to actually whether you're coming through oklahoma or we just do something you know plan something out i think we'd have a swell time doing something fun you know i don't know <laughs> I agree. I mean, I just got, I just bought a thousand rounds of five, five, six ammo. I am going boating tomorrow, just in case NSA ends up listening to this. But uh, sure, how yeah. you go? Yeah. But um, be careful with if you're on that boating trip. Yeah, I, I will. I'll be. I mean, I, I better. I'm gonna take every last gun I have with me, just in case. You know, there's yeah, a you don't rabid otter in the water or something. You know, I just I yeah, and there. you don't you're. Like if your guns are in your house and your house burns down while you're gone, right? You don't want that to happen. I mean, that that's pretty common, I think. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a sailboat, and I lost the, uh, you know, the keel or you know the, the the keel rudder that you like stick uh, down in the bottom of the floor to keep you upright. I, I lost that, but I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm not really worried about it. So. Yeah, yeah, I think you, yeah, I think you, you're probably an experienced boater, you know, being out there. Utah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be fine. The, the salt, the Great Salt Lake is beautiful in February or January. So there we go. <laughs> so tell us about what, what have you been going like? What's been going on in your in your world lately? I mean, we've talked politics obviously a lot. Um, obviously, it's it's out there. The things that uh, the travels you've been having, the things you've been hauling, and also the work you're doing in the Libertarian Party. But uh, what else is going on, man? How's it, how's everything been? Well, I uh, <clears throat> I guess I haven't really talked about this on your show. I moved out here to Utah last June, um, and I'm from New Hampshire, so it was, it was kind of a an extreme switch. And I'm single, and I just got an apartment here. Um, I had a bunch of job opportunities lined up. Uh, this was one of them, and the, all the others fell through with the coronavirus in March last year, so I ended up taking this job. So I live alone. I work like, you know, 50, 60 hours a week usually, but it's driving. It's more of a it's more of a lifestyle than a job, you know, because you're just, you, I'll be gone for seven or eight days sometimes, and it's fine. It's just yeah. life, and, you know, I... <laughs> socialize from the sleeper cab at night uh you know do sometimes you, you you've probably seen i've done a lot of live videos on the road um yeah so it, it, i i really do enjoy it uh and i've been hauling a lot of big heavy stuff lately i've been mostly in wyoming and colorado and idaho the last couple months um but uh Pretty cool. I went to Denver this last week and I picked up a hundred sixteen thousand pound excavator. So my truck and trailer and the booster I had weighed like fifty five thousand pounds. So you know I was like almost one hundred seventy thousand pounds. And uh, I don't know if anyone listening has driven over 
uh, Loveland Pass through the Eisenhower Tunnel on I-70 going over the Continental Divide, but that is a steep hill. Um, and it's long, it's miles long. So, uh, I was going like 10 miles per hour all the way up it. And then, uh, when you go down the other side, you've also got to go 10 miles per hour because you don't want to lose control and, uh, you want your engine brake to hold you back instead of your, uh, you know, your service brakes because they'll heat up and glaze over. Um, right. but yeah, it's been good. I've been, uh, enjoying life. Uh, you know, the, uh, the online, um, the online friendships and interaction on Twitter and YouTube has actually been really good for me because I'm single and I live alone and everything. So it's, uh, it's given me something to do and, um, it's a good job to, uh, you know, be able to listen to podcasts while you're driving and try to amass information right. and then you can talk about it. So it, it's been a win-win. I've, I've, I've had a good year, so. That's awesome, man. Um, it, it, forgive my ignorance. Um, do you like? I know whenever people do truck driving, sometimes the truck they drive, they own. Sometimes they, it's uh, the company they work for is truck. It, it, do you own the truck that you haul things with, or is it the company's truck? Yeah. Or maybe I'm ignorant. Or maybe I'm wrong about that. No, no, you're not. Uh, there's actually like three different levels. There's a company driver, which is what I am which means, you know, I just show up and drive their trucks. Um, and I do have a truck that's assigned to me. So it's, you know, in the sleeper cab, I've got all my clothes, I've got all my documents and everything with me, all my tools. So uh, I'm not scrounging for stuff every day, but I'm a company driver. Then there's uh, something called an owner operator, which is when you own your truck, sometimes your trailer too, but usually just your truck and you just work for the company. So usually they'll either have a lease agreement with you, like if you work for them for a certain amount of years and pay the lease, then they'll buy the truck for you. And you're just working for that company all the time. And then there's independent operator, which is when you own your own truck and your own business. So you're just 100% independent, you know, doing your own thing, booking your own loads. Um, that originally was what I want to do eventually but we'll have to see um what the industry looks like over the next couple decades because it could change very quickly with automation and um you know the coronavirus has just kind of sped everything up you know i mean everything everything that's happening when the economy was going to happen anyway but this has just made it that much fa that much faster so uh, i don't know we'll see what the industry does over the years yeah, I've, I've seen it even in my job. I mean, I work in payroll. We do outsourced you know, payroll, HR, and accounting for you know, franchise businesses. Um, you know, I process payrolls for like a TGI Fridays and some Italian restaurants on the East Coast and things like that, um, you know, that are owned by certain holy groups and whatnot. But uh, there's always this, oh, we're going to eventually go paperless with a lot of things. You know, we're eventually going to go paperless because we honestly use too much paper. I think coronavirus hit. Um, people started working from home and we had to go paperless and now um, it's looking like the company is going to go long term work from home for almost everybody um, and paperless has you know made things a lot smoother um, and a lot easier and I'm sure they've you know in the end you know saved uh, saved money on not only purchasing paper but they always stored the records all the old uh, you know 
paper documents that we used to have from processing a payroll. They paid to have those stored, and now they don't do that anymore because they're all, you know, digitized or I mean, all electronic. So um, that's definitely something that they like. For the time that I've been there, they were always talking. Always like, yeah, we're working on it, and then COVID hit, and it was like boom, and everything went like right away. So it's it's nice. It's a nice change in that sense because it's so much easier. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see what you mean. Like whenever you're talking about it, just speeding a lot of changes up. You know, I think it's. I think companies seeing themselves being able to operate so easily with people working from home is really gonna, you know, continue to be like a bigger and bigger trend. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I do think trucking has a long way to go before it becomes automated.、Um, Something that Andrew Yang, when he was running, talked a lot about was like completely automated trucks, no driver. I don't personally think that'll happen in my lifetime.、Um, I think it'll be more like a pilot in a plane. You know, like you get the truck on the interstate, and then you just kind of set it to autopilot, and you can sleep if you want. But、uh, you know, if you hit inclement weather, you got to take over. Because I mean, there's so many variables. That Andrew Yang doesn't think about. I mean, chaining your tires up in the、yeah. snow. How's an automated truck going to do that?、Uh, what if your load starts coming loose? What if you blow a tire?、Um, you know, there, there's so many, there's so many little hiccups that you could run into that an automated truck would not be able to handle.、Um, and the other thing is, even if we had. The technology, which is getting closer, but even if we had it and it was foolproof, if we started implementing it right now, it would still take you know 20 years to、uh, completely overhaul the entire infrastructure and you know get rid of all these drivers and start start with all automated trucks.、Uh, it, it, would, it would be such a huge undertaking. So it would, it'll take a long time to implement, even once the technology is completely compatible.、Um, And、the other thing is just like what I do for a living, going around like delivering machines everywhere and seeing job sites and seeing refineries and mines. You just realize there is a lot of human involvement in the workforce. Still, we tend to think everything is becoming automated, but、uh, there's still a ton out there that people do. So it is changing. But a lot of people think, you know, by 2030, we're all just going to be hanging around doing nothing and. Yeah, it's gonna be a bunch of computers running everything. We're now <laughs> we're not close to that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely can see that because even even something like my job that's you know you would think that payroll is pretty close to like being something that sh- you should just be able to like send off a file and print checks, right? right?、Um, like even as automated as it is, there are still. Like there's still a need for someone like me to like make sure somebody doesn't get paid, you know, seventeen thousand dollars an hour. Like,、right. you know, like it's, it, uh, you know, just something has been entered incorrectly or decimal got moved. Like, those are things that I still have to catch, even as automated as the system is. You know, for something as common and frequent as payroll. You know, so、yeah. I can, I can. You see it from like the, in- the industrial side, and I see it from. What people would expect to be a much more automated side, I, I would agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. I mean, I think a lot of people who are involved in the news and a lot of people who are 
shouting stuff from their online echo chambers don't really do much in the real world. That's just my uh, <clears throat> that's my perspective. That might not be true, but <laughs> that's how I feel. Yeah, I think there's truth to that. I think it could could possibly be more into they they see those two things as separate worlds like the psychologically speaking they just have like a when they get into their echo chamber they kind of shut down the mindset of real world thing you know yeah and when they're out in the real world you know they may you know realize that you know what i said wasn't right but when they're in their echo chamber and being reinforced for saying xyz you know it's 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 gonna be their opinion online versus their you know their opinion outside of it you know it's true in all senses like as human beings we have you know it's been described as like different masks that you wear like a social mask a work mask a home mask a family mask like you're a little different with whoever you're interacting with regardless of how much you are still yourself there's there's alterations that you make in every aspect of your life for the appropriate situation yeah for sure but uh, um, we did come in uh, with a little bit of a, a distinct topic outside of just you know a little a little catch up talk, a little you know, uh, shop talk, I guess is what this would be called, or maybe not. Maybe shop talk is you know politics for me and you, you know. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> uh, one thing that uh, you, you tweeted this just a couple hours ago, a few hours ago, yeah, right? I think it was. Yeah. Um, um, and it's something you've said before, and I think you've, you've said it a lot, more in a response rather than an outright statement. And maybe I'm just remembering wrong, but you've said it a lot, enough to where I'm familiar enough with it as, as you attesting to it consistently is, you know, being critical of those people you think are, uh, that you admire or support. Um, and I think, I think you're, you're referring to it in, political in the political sense but i think i mean i think it's something that we should be doing in general too right yeah i mean that is kind of how i tie it into perspective because i say if uh you know some random guy at the bar is hitting on some woman in a really inappropriate way and being really obnoxious i mean if he gets really really bad you might go over and say something to him but imagine uh, your brother is doing that instead um, you're instantly going to be like, dude, what are you doing? Cut it out. You know, you're going to, you're going to call him out right away because he's your brother and you, uh, you know, you hold your brother to a higher standard than you do some random schmuck on the, you know, in the, in the bar or whatever. Um, and it's the same, right. it should be the same with politics. So, you know, there are, most people know who my favorite handful of people who were in Congress are, you know, a couple of them are still there, but a few of them have left. Um, and when they're wrong, I am sure to tell them that I think they're wrong. Um, th this, uh, I think this became really pre uh, prevalent when I was working on Tulsi Gabbard's campaign because um, and, and I'm hoping to get her on the show someday eventually and talk to her about this, but um, I was very blunt and direct with her when I thought she was being disingenuous or when I thought she was not 
telling the whole truth or something, you know, because she, uh, for a politician, she's very, very straightforward. But, uh, you know, I noticed a little bit of um, discrepancy in messaging occasionally between different town halls that we were at. And um, (laughs) it was because I think Tulsi herself is a very independent-minded person, but the people who were surrounding her were kind of gatekeeping and trying to keep her as a, you know, a more progressive Democrat to try to appeal to Democratic voters. And she would come out of that shell and they would like haul her back in. And so um, I told her straight up that I thought that was happening and that, you know, it made me question whether or not I want to vote for you anymore. Because if you're doing that with your advisors now, who's to say you're not going to do that when you're taking on the military industrial complex in the Oval Office? (laughs) And, uh, you know, that's kind of a harsh statement, but I meant it. And uh, she recognized that I meant that. And she, uh, I I don't know how much detail I want to go into, but um, she ended up changing some of the things on her website that were kind of confusing on some things. And she talked to me and said that she was appreciative of my straightforwardness and, um, you know, that, that that's a rare quality or whatever. And so I, that, that was kind of a personal experience I had with that, but I've kind of always felt that way. You know, Rand Paul is somebody that I have, followed closely since 2014, 2015. And he has pissed me off a lot (laughs) just by doing stupid shit. And uh, that's what you're mostly referring today uh, to. Today, he voted to confirm Austin Lloyd for Secretary of Defense. And yesterday, he was grandstanding about how regime change is such a terrible thing and how Anthony Blinken should not be Secretary of State, which I agree with him. But then he votes to confirm Austin Lloyd today. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? So I lambasted him on Twitter. And um, I pointed out, like, look, uh, only two senators voted against Austin Lloyd. It was uh, Mike Lee and Josh Hawley. I'm not ragging on Lindsey Graham or Ted Cruz or Mitt Romney because I expect this. You know, this is... This is their MO. Rand Paul is supposed to be better. And he talks like he's better. And he acts like he's better. You know, he the the way he kind of condescends toward he, he's condescending toward these warmongers. You know, he the, he should be better than this. So when he's not, I'm gonna call him out for it. And uh, I've done that with Justin Amash. You know, <clears throat> some of his messaging over the last couple of weeks I've really disagreed with. You know, I, I think he's been a little too establishment friendly, a little too anti-Trump. And I've, you know, you, you've probably seen some of my comments I've yeah. made and been like, oh, come on. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I've, I've seen some anti-Trumpness coming out. And uh, just, just to backtrack a little bit because uh, I don't know who he is, but who's Austin Lloyd? Like, uh, explain you know, to listeners and me uh, why. Yeah, so he's Lloyd. Biden's pick for uh, Secretary of Defense. Um, <clears throat> I think he worked for Raytheon. Um, let me double check that. I think he was, uh, yeah, I think he worked for Raytheon for a long time. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's kind of concerning uh, just off the bat. And he was an architect of the Iraq War. 
um, which is like Joe Biden's one of Joe Biden's worst, uh, you know, downfalls. And uh, he definitely believes in regime change. Uh, he certainly is not someone who thinks we should be, uh, you know, more cordial toward Iran or any of the uh, or Syria or you know Libya. Like he's he, he's just there's nothing good about him. He's just the embodiment of the swamp. Um, yeah. So to see Rand Paul vote for him, is just, it just kind of turns my stomach. I mean, he, he he did vote for Mike Pompeo, you know, uh, for Trump, and he voted for Jeff Sessions. So, you know, I mean, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but I thought he was doing that because it was a Republican president. And so he was kind of playing ball to gain favor. That's the excuse I've always heard thrown out there. But well, he's... Is he playing ball with Biden? I mean, how is he's not going to gain favor with Biden? So it makes me wonder why are you doing this? Like, what what are you getting out of this? Because you're not going to get Biden's gear on foreign policy. That was the that that's been the excuse we've always heard for Rand Paul that um, he's he does this so that he can have Donald Trump's ear on foreign policy and criminal justice reform, which we got basically Jack for, by the way. But. Uh, yeah, he's still doing it. So, uh, what, what's the excuse now? <laughs> you know, it's so it's like you got to yeah. call him out. Exactly, I, I think so too. I mean, it, if you have, if you see qualities in somebody that you you appreciate or or at least agree with, um, then you you definitely want to encourage those, but you don't want to turn a blind eye to to them whenever they they do something shitty or stupid or dumb or even out of character um that, i mean that's what you get when you get like uh like cult-like followings yeah. or even just like blind followers that i mean I, I know it's been harped on and talked about everywhere and in every which way but like the maga heads like they are just like like straight up denial about how shitty trump was in a lot of different yeah. areas um you'll see interviews where they outright deny that he said something that is literally like recorded word yeah. for word and, and that's that's whenever that's not constructive that's not constructive for for you as a person to just blindly follow and agree um it's not constructive for for the person you're you're following you yeah no the leader the leader what you say because like look at trump's ego <laughs> he's had people around him all the time telling him yeah good job yeah good job yeah good job yeah you're smart yeah you're smart yeah you're smart and when he got to the point where he's he's, he's at a point where nobody can tell him he's wrong now he, he's he's uh, immune to criticism <laughs> so to speak like it he can't like it doesn't register with him and to to feed into somebody to, where they come to that point um, is a detriment to whatever in whatever area they're doing politics or not like it's a detriment to to them as a person you know it's a detriment to yourself to just like be so blind um, into thinking that that they can do no wrong you know and, and especially when it comes to like politics in this way like I think that's part of like it's bled into I think it's bled down from politicians because I've always had this, it's been this obvious thing with politicians is they say something and that's they won't back down right. most times, right? 
um, they say ABC. Um, evidence comes out that ABC is untrue. Uh, a lot of times, <laughs> they won't change their opinion because if they do, they're immediately labeled as a flip flop, like somebody who flip flops on their their right. things, right? But an average person, if you if you make a statement, find out evidence that says, "Oh no, you're wrong," and then you admit you're wrong, that's admirable. Yeah. Right. But they twisted politics. You know, politicians do it. The media does it too, to a point where, if you ever backtrack, if you ever change what your opinion was, then you're you're a dishonest person. You're disingenuous. You're you're inconsistent. You're not reliable. Whereas, in the real world, that's a very admirable thing to be able to do. To say, hey, I was wrong. I, I looked this up and I read about it, and you know, my yeah. opinions changed. And I think that's just another way that they. You know, want to have that. You know, keep keep things as they are and have that blind support. So, you know, if they had people, who, if they had politicians who acted like people and said, "Oh, no, yeah, I was wrong. I shouldn't have voted on that." You know, then then they would, you know, they would lose their foothold and have a logical have to have a logical conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that should be supported when we see people go through positive um, transformations. Uh, there's a difference between going through a transformation and saying one thing and doing another thing. You know, like、uh, AOC is a great example. Like she's not going through any transformations, but she'll,、uh, you know, she'll talk a big talk about something and then she'll vote the complete opposite way. And you'll just be like,、uh, "What?" Like, <laughs> you know. So that's、uh, there's a difference between like blatant hypocrisy and evolution over time. Um, you know, I think,、uh, uh, yeah. I mean, we all evolve over time. I certainly have,、um, and I I want people to evolve. Like, I would like to see、um, Rand Paul evolve. You know, like I I, <laughs> I think he.、Uh, I, 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 I here's the thing. Like, I haven't. I, I am angry at him today, but I haven't thrown him in the dustbin. That's what is weird about people. Like they'll, you know, someone will do something to piss them off, and they'll be like, "Oh, I'm done with you."、Uh, like we saw, you know, Justin Amash congratulated、uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden the other day when they were women, and you know, I wouldn't congratulate them, but it's not something I really care about, but. I saw at least a dozen people be like, "I am done with Justin Amash," and it's just like, "What? <laughs> Why?" Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I wouldn't do it either. But in the position he's in, yeah, it makes sense to have decorum. You you don't want to be, you know, like like just a, a like a a, a a dipshit to him for you know for the sake of obstinacy. I mean, yeah. I will. Well, I mean, <laughs> if if I were but, in his position, I still wouldn't congratulate them. But I'm a I'm a, I'm a different animal. Oh yeah. But、uh, <laughs> I、uh, even. But I, I can see his reasoning too. But I yeah. I mean, but you know, even when he has like a completely shit take, like he said something about how America is an example of libertarian governing or something, and I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> That was a terrible <laughs> take. But it's like, like I mean, they. Good people have terrible takes all the time. I have them, and oh, I thought he was being sarcastic about that, but he kind of doubled down. Yeah, on <laughs>、uh, like 
Liechtenstein is the closest <laughs> thing, isn't it? Like, like we talk right. about Yeah, so. Whole country right now, like for seventy-five thousand dollars. How, how, how much more <laughs> libertarian can you get? There? Oh man! But I, I mean, you know, it, it, trashing someone over a few bad takes is dumb. It's when you consistently saw, see someone uh, turn their back on their print, uh, turn his back on his principles. Um, and Rand is not to that yeah. point yet. You know, like he. 90% of the time he's good but that 10% is pretty tough sometimes like dude what yeah. are you doing <laughs> you know so uh, it's our job to uh, try to make the good people great you know um, I, I think this way with Justin Amash too like I'm, I'm super happy with the way he's going and he had some tweets today that were really good they were really kind of anti they were anti status oh, yeah. quo which is, that that's his issue is he doesn't like attack um, I mean, he attacks the problems, but he doesn't attack like the narrative too often. But today he was really going after the narrative. Like he was really going after censorship and cancel culture. Uh, and it was really great to see that. Um, and uh, I think we should be encouraging him in that direction. And we should be, you know, he's kind of mellow and he's not very exciting. So, you know, like if he's going to be the nominee in four years, we want him to be exciting like we want him to be we want him to keep his composure and still be the smart guy that he is but you know we need a little pizzazz too so like all these you know it's good to critique the people that you really care about because you want them to be better i mean it's like the difference between being a nationalist and a patriot like a nationalist is a blind blindly loyal idiot who's just like, my country is the best, my country is the best, you know, regardless of what it does, where a patriot loves his country and wants his country to be better. So you'll realize the shortcomings your country has, you'll want to fix those. I mean, it's like if you have a car, like, aren't you going to change the oil uh, when it's due? Or like, what if the tire's getting low? Are you going to fill it with air? Or, you know, if you're running out of gas, are you going to fuel it up? You know, yeah, probably if you go anywhere. So, I mean, that's uh, that's just the attitude you should have toward everyone, you know, everyone that you care about, but especially politicians. Like, if you have politicians that you like and you want to see them go somewhere, you don't bend over backwards making excuses for them at every turn because that's not how you make them better people. That's uh, how you, as you alluded to, that's how you turn into a psychophant and end up with the Trump MAGA rally of, you know, <laughs> morons who are just blindly worshiping someone. That's not what we want. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think Amash, like going back to Amash, I think, I think he's, he's, I feel like he's been a lot more, I wouldn't say necessarily, probably a little more active, but also a little bit more like pointed in what he's saying and the things he's saying. On Twitter, and I, th- I think we are seeing him uh, try to evolve um, and try. To, um, at least I hope that's what we're seeing because he's he's been, like you said, kind of all over a lot of different things, like the narrative, uh, people specifically, and he's really been engaging. And I think he's trying to use this as all his his way of thinking, but I think also just to evolve his image at least i feel like he's the type of guy who 
see this as that sort of opportunity, and I've seen him engaging more in it and less of those stupid takes. <laughs> I mean, but they're going to yeah. happen. But uh, we definitely, all of us out there, need to call him out on it um, and, and really say, yo, no, Justin, like, swat the hand. Say, no, that's stupid, man, you know? Um, you know, maybe my, maybe I need to change up some of my homage affirmations to be, you know, yeah i mean well now is the time to do it we don't want to be coaching him if he's the nominee in four years we want to do it now and get him ready for it yeah um and he's i'm super glad he's going on michael malice's show you know that's awesome that he's going on dave smith's show um those are great places for him to go and i'm so glad that he said yes because they both invited him and he said yes. And if he's going to be, you know, he's, well, I mean, let's just, it's obvious he's setting up to be the new leader of the liberty movement. Yep. Uh, if he's going to do that, then he has to connect with all these factions. He can't just be the former Republican, you know, constitutional conservative, small government, Hayek guy, you know, like yeah. he's got to, he's got to connect with the Rothbardians and the Mises people and the radical. He's got to, like, the Spike Cohen types, you know, I mean, he's got to resonate with all of them if he's going to be the leader. Yeah. Um, And it looks like he's willing to do that, which I think is great. So, yeah, I think so, too. And and, And people out there listening, call him out on his shit. Call everybody out on their shit. And when you see somebody else calling somebody out on their shit, you know. Don't attack them. <laughs> if you see us giving a yeah. mosh shit, you know, just know we're doing it in a loving sort of like a, you know, supportive criticism. Even if we do use pretty harsh language, you know, sometimes you got to pierce, the, you know, bruise the ego a little bit to say, hey, it's not being stupid. Um, so, you know, make sure, make sure you, <laughs> make sure you uh, are ready to call those people out and, and, you know, back the ones who are already doing it. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, any other thoughts you had on that, man? Um, I think, you know, also just calling each other out, like, uh, I don't know if he listens to your podcast at all, but Jonathan Roland, I'm really grateful for that guy because, uh, he, I think he's like a challenge to me, you know, because, uh, we definitely have a lot of mutual respect, but he's kind of the guy who will... You know, when I'm kind of going off the deep end into like anarchy and, you know, state hating and uh, <laughs> stuff like that, you know, he's he's kind of the, the same voice that pulls me back from the edge of the of the cliff or whatever. And, uh, you know, I think in our group chats, like we're pretty good at calling each other out when we think we're being too obtuse or something. And I, I think that's great. You know, like um, unity doesn't mean a hundred percent approval rating. Yeah. Um, you know, and you and I talked about this when you came on my show a little bit, like it, we're not all supposed to be the same. We're all supposed to be different. And, uh, we're going to message for different groups and that's fine. And we should be willing to call each other out because that's not what the other movements do. You know, they don't, they're all about conformity, you know, like as long as you get behind our agenda, that's all we care about. And, that's not what libertarians should be. Libertarians should be about individualism and about freedom and about difference. You know, like uh, that, that was what I loved about Joe and Spike's videos. 
is like you didn't get this uh, strict anarcho-capitalist feeling watching those videos. It was like diversity was the thing they always pointed to. And I, I really like that because that's what libertarianism is. Yeah. You know, it's all about diversity and diversity of thought, diversity of um, culture, diversity of religion, whatever it is, you know, and uh, that's, that's who we are and that we should celebrate that. I couldn't agree more. There's a surprise for you. We agree again. <laughs> no, shocker. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I, some good thoughts to go home with. Uh, you know, they're given the right type of criticism and given given the right type of shit call, uh, calling people out on their shit. Um, yeah, do it. Do it to make them better, and don't let them die and don't throw them in the trash when they. Um, um, you got anything you want to talk about? Anything upcoming on your show that you want to talk about or announce or whatever? What do you got? Anything else going on? Yes. So uh, Larry Sharp is coming on my show on Thursday Woo. next week. Um, and then Spike Cohen is coming back on on Saturday. Yeah. And I've got Justin Amash in the works. I've gotten in contact. I've gotten in contact with him and he said he will do it. So it's just about figuring out a date. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome, um, man. Big stuff happening. And I'm, I'm definitely going to be working on Tulsi Gabbard, too. I want to get her on. Um, we'll see. She's kind of becoming super famous right now, like all over conservative media. It's kind of hilarious watching. Like she's on, she's going on Mike Huckabee this weekend. She's just on Dave Rubin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, none of the, I, that's the thing is like none of the liberal shows want her, and the conservative ones are lapping it up. So I'm like, hey, libertarians, there like, go. Uh, we don't want to lose, you know, I, I think she is kind of trying to figure out where her next move is and we don't want to miss this opportunity, you know, like we should, uh, yeah, should be jumping on that. So, uh, I, I'm going to hopefully get her on at some point too. You we'll could, see you could wrangle it because, uh, you don't have the date nailed down for Justin, maybe in the time when that's the interim, maybe you could get her on and get them on at the same time. Cause we know we wanted them on Rogan at the same time. Maybe, maybe you'll yeah i mean i i kind of want to do that eventually i think it would be better to have them on individually first yeah. but then together and uh we definitely want to she's already said she'll have a mosh on her show oh, so that's cool um i, I think i saw it in the live chat we were talking about that and she ended up saying yes i'd love to have them on or something so uh we're uh we're making waves there Sure. Pretty awesome, man. Well, um, any any final bits, any last goodbyes, any closing statements or arguments? Um, uh, sure. How about you guys hold me accountable? If you, uh, you know, if you're watching my YouTube video or you see my tweets, like, uh, don't be afraid to tell me I'm being an idiot because, uh, I'm definitely, uh, you know, as I said, I'm a single guy in a truck all day listening to podcasts and uh, I do try to talk to a lot of people, but you know, you can become kind of narrow-minded. So if you think I'm being um, obtuse, let me know and I will take your advice. I'll at least listen to it. So, yeah. Ladies, you heard him say it multiple times. He's single. 
So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the important adjective there. Single, okay. single. You know. Single. <laughs> All right. I'm working. I said I'm working a lot. I'm working and single. So there you go. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, all you people out there, stay smart, stay safe, have a wonderful weekend. Goodbye. <laughs>